Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? You about ready to start your stupid podcast? You didn't even have a guest on Wednesday, you fucking loser. Okay, Ruth, can you be nice to me, please? It's after midnight. I don't need you. We don't need you to be shouting in my apartment. You're lucky I'm in your apartment. I'd rather fuck the heroin addict that OD'd in the casino than you. What's up, dudes? Welcome to the Fun Friday Pod. Uh, if you listen on Wednesday, I'm in Denver. I did an episode about Denver. I thought it was not too bad. Not too fucking shab. You know what I'm saying? But in keeping with the tradition of the Fun Friday Pod, I will now begin with feedback where I will read my listeners slash friends feedback on the pod and then berate them for said feedback. Okay? Uh, my buddy Jared goes, can you tell Loyal? And I'm going to tone some of this down because his language was frankly, frankly too aggressive. Okay? Can you tell Loyal listener Haley that unless she's going to sleep with you, I want to hear Ruth tell dirty jokes instead of her useless feedback. Now, that's rude, Haley. That is rude. I don't endorse that comment that Jared said about you. I just am conveying it and siding with you. It's when in doubt, side with the woman over the man because the guy's probably a piece of shit. I had an epiphany in the grocery store, dude. Like, I buy, uh, if you buy cold brew, it seems like, oh, maybe this is too expensive. This is a luxury. This is an indulgence. But the money that you spend in the cold brew will go also towards not buying coffee beans if you're going to drink cold brew in the afternoons. So ultimately, you probably don't come out completely ahead. But that coffee bean savings does is something to think about when you're allocating your coffee budget. Okay? Something I want you guys to keep in mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. oh, my God. Oh. You can't just stop your podcast and make sex sounds for no reason, you loser. All right, Ruth, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, oh, I'm, I love to be the grammar Nazi and just correct people. So one of my friends said, if you have children, I hope they are dyslexic. That will drive you insane and make me laugh. All right, that's a rude comment, okay? I'm not endorsing said comment. I'm just reading these comments. I can't control what people submit to me. Um. Oh, dude, I just love, I love the Miami Hurricanes. I'm not going to talk about the Miami Hurricanes this episode, but I just love when an underdog program does well and says fuck you to these big like we played kansas in the in the march madness basketball tournament kansas is like this big 12 school it's just like dude you guys are losers like our uniform jerseys kind of suck but you know we're a private school miami's a private school all these big fucking big 12 conference schools they just take all the fun of it they bleed all the fun out of basketball and college sports you know like I want upstarts. I want Cinderella stories. I don't want fucking Kansas and Penn State. I guess I'm a sort of Ohio State fan, but all the Michigan. Dude, fuck those schools, bro. <clears throat> I started watching the um, Andy Warhol documentary on Netflix. I guess it has several episodes. I'm really excited about it. I love, I love art shit, you know? But the, uh, this guy, Michael Chow, was on there. He had the, the, one of the best quotes I've ever heard. He said, the master hides his weakness. The grandmaster uses his weakness that's just like mind blown dude that's so fucking wise and brilliant i mean it can apply to obviously any number of realms i think he was talking about it in the context of andy warhol's fame but you could also apply it to stand-up probably most art you know like if you want to be like a great comic you can't just be like i'm great dude everybody wants to fuck me and i'm good looking nobody wants to hear that They, they want you to use your weakness to create a compelling and funny narrative you know what i mean it's about leveraging that shit all right all right danny why you're real wise bro real fucking wise i did i was i hosted a new york comedy club on saturday i guess i already told a story from that show but there's another story from that show because uh 
this girl Bailey, she was like 24. She's sitting right up front. And I, you know, I always like pr- pretend or kind of actually do hit on a woman in the audience to start my sets. And so she immediately shot me down. She's like, I was like, what are your thoughts on spending the rest of your life with a 46 year old bald man? And she was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then she like reiterated her objection to it. And I was like, okay, I think I, I think I got it the first time. <laughs> but then that reiteration got an even bigger laugh than the first one. So, you know, little shit like that, man. Just little in the moment shit. Doesn't have to be this fucking I'm reading my material now. You can you know, it's I like I like being in the room. It helps me. I don't like to be talking by myself. I like to have a woman in the audience that I'm interacting with and it makes me feel less alone. <laughs> um oh dude. So then oh yeah, I went to this um to meet up with this bachelorette party that was at that show last Saturday night. I talked about this in the Wednesday pod a little bit, but I forgot about this story. I walked up to the bouncer, I was like um, hey, I'm here to meet a bachelorette party with cat ears. And he goes, there ain't no, ma- there ain't no bachelorette party with cat ears. Wait in line. <laughs> I was like, sorry. But I misunderstood. It was There were two bachelorette parties that came to the show. The non-cat ear bachelorette party is the one that went to the... Oh, no. You know what it is? They took their cat ears off. That's what happened. <laughs> Dang, this is, I don't know if this qualifies as entertaining. Oh, dude. Uh, Black Cat on last Friday there was this lady that was there before the show started. And I was like, you know, she goes, Oh yeah, I, I know about the show because I live right above it. And I hear it all the time. And I, I thought that was her saying like, we're too loud and it bothers her. And I was like, I'm sorry if we're too loud. And she goes, no, no, no. I like it. She said, she'll come down and like, just listen outside sometimes just cause she likes the vibe of it. I was like, that's really cool. I love shit like that. You know? Um, and then this other comic, James Davis, he was great. He came in from LA fucking hilarious guy super nice and he said that black cat is like a poetry slam with the vibe of deaf comedy jam dude that's lit i love that that's i love the way he crystallized that because i think that's probably one of the best ways to describe the black cat show in fact i should make another promotion for it and use that as a fucking like logo motto yeah or like a little quote over the ad you know like you know when you watch a tv commercial and they put quotes on the screen about how great the place is i should make one like that that's kind of lit dude it's kind of lit New York is about cherry blossom trees growing next to concrete buildings. Ah, yeah, I did write that down. I love when you're walking through a, you know, a very concrete and brick block. And then there's just like this gorgeous white tree starting to blossom out of nowhere. Like during the pandemic, I lived on first and first. And I would just look outside my window up first Avenue. And there's this giant tree. It's a really pretty tree. And you can tell that it has leaned. It has grown to lean to get the light from the street lamp in a way. And it's obvious because that's the only reason it would be leaning in such this weird way. So over time, it's used the street lamp as one of its probably primary sources of light. I don't know how fucking photosynthesis works, but I kind of love shit like that. You know, the interplay between nature and things that humans made in a beautiful way. It's kind of nice. Kind of nice. You think you're going to get laid if you're talking about trees? Nobody's going to fuck you, Danny. All right. It's not. Can you just be maybe a little bit, a little bit nicer? Okay, I'm gonna skip that idea. Con- oh yeah, um, that Kanye West documentary. They said that he was happiest when he's creating. I think that's definitely so true. You know, like Amy Poehler in her book, she had um, this great analysis um, or comparison. She's like, your comedy career is like your mean ex-boyfriend that won't get back to you and is rude and you know undermines you or whatever, but your creativity is like a warm Hispanic grandmother that bakes you cookies. You can always go to the creativity, always work on your ideas, come up with new new thoughts and new ways to express yourself. You can't get 
showbiz, <laughs> or if you're a ballerina, you can't get the top ballerina company. I don't know what they're called. The top ballet company to take you on, but you can work harder at being a better and better ballerina every day as I do. You know what I mean? Remember back in the day when two live crew was getting all this shit down in Florida because they had like obscene lyrics and like the governor Martinez was trying to like get their music banned. And then they made the song called fuck Martinez, fuck, fuck Martinez. And then they made that great song banned in the USA, which Bruce Springsteen let them use the music and sound to that song. He let them use that song because he agreed in their cause about freedom of speech. Dude, that is a great song. I mean, Two Life Crew is like this like down and dirty rap band, but that song just elevated to this whole other next level is really, really fucking good. Dude, I'll listen to fucking Two Life Crew and Easy like, you know, seven nights a week. It's fun. I like it. I like to listen to stuff. I was reading this article about uh, they interviewed these teenagers across New York or across America about their life and what adults don't get about their lives. And I thought that the interviewer asked a really interesting question. Um, this woman, Lulu Garcia Navarro, she goes, I'm going to ask you to do a show of hands. This is the question. When you're with friends or with people your age, do you feel you're most like yourself when you're talking to them in person or texting or chatting with them on social media? Who feels most like yourself? Oh, who feels most like yourself in person? That she started going around the room. Um, and so they the room was divided. Some people feel more themselves when they're texting when they're in person. That seems kind of sad, right? But I, I kind of see part of it too. Because you can probably express yourself in a more, I don't know, like crystallized, cut the shit way. I don't know. Um, so this kid, Nicholas, said, when I'm talking in person, I tend to do a lot of mistakes that are preventable by texting. My voice cracks a lot. I stutter a lot. And with texting, I can get it across. And if I need to imply a tone, I can put an emoji. Interesting. But then Ava White, 16, from Pennsylvania, said, I think it's easier for people to understand your mood. And things can be taken the wrong way through text. Yeah, I mean, that would be the natural, like, normally defensible answer that it's better in person. But it is interesting to think about the idea that you might be able to express yourself at times in a more authentic way when you're texting or DMing or whatever. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, if you have some, like, really artsy Instagram posts, that could be a much more authentic expression of who you actually are than just you, you know, making small talk in line at a fucking coffee shop. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right, it's a shorter episode this week. Listen, I'm traveling, okay? Relax. I see some people like the shorter episodes better anyway, so maybe it doesn't even fucking matter. Um, but I am going to talk a little bit about space, but we were saved from an asteroid by a smart astronomer. So fuck you, Asha and Carissa, my good friends that I like to uh, curse out <laughs> because I don't like space. Just deal with the story. I think it's kind of interesting. <laughs> you can just be like an asteroid hunter. Like if you want to do that, you can just do it. Like they have like programs where you can get set up with like, I don't know, the software you need and the knowledge you need to just spot errant space chunks hurtling towards us. Um, and on March 11th, this uh, astronomer, Christian Sarnexi, Sarnecki, um, was at the Concoli Observatory's Piscestato Mountain Station near Budapest. And this guy had found, is it a guy? Yeah. Um, he had found, has found 63 near earth asteroids throughout his career. And he was on a quest to find a 64th. You can just find them yourself, dude. And he succeeded. At first, the object he spotted appeared normal. It wasn't unusually fast. He said it wasn't unusually bright, but then he noticed that its movement was faster and it was fast approaching us. Oh my God. But guess what guys, this asteroid is just over six feet long. <laughs> an unthreatening pipsqueak and he felt elated 
He goes, I've dreamed of such a discovery many times, but it seemed impossible. I guess that is pretty cool. You just found an asteroid hurtling towards Earth. But it's like, if you want to be cool, you need to find a bigger one, dude. That one's whack. They named the object 2022 EB-5. Why did they name it after him? You should be able to, if you find an asteroid, you should be able to name it like the Danny Palmer asteroid, you know? That seems fair. Um, but they said it, it, it was a harmless asteroid, but it ended up being a good test of tools that NASA has built to defend our planet and its inhabitants from a collision with a more menacing rock from space. We have this one system called Scout, and astronomers use its software to figure out where and when impacts may occur. So, dude, this guy found this asteroid, 2022 EB-5, within an hour. He shared his data with this program, Scout, and it was just it was scheduled to hit Earth two hours after its discovery. And they they calculated that it would enter the atmosphere off the east coast of Greenland. And then at 5.23 p.m. Eastern Time, March 11th, it did exactly that, exploding in midair. So that within two hours of this guy finding an asteroid, it exploded over Greenland, and he predicted where that was going to happen. That's kind of sick, dude. Um, so it says, although EB-5 was meager, it doesn't take a huge jump in size for an asteroid to become a threat. The 55-foot rock that exploded above the Russian city of Chelyabinsk, Chel- Chelyabinsk in 2013 unleashed a blast equivalent to 470 kilotons of TNT, smashing thousands of windows and injuring 1,200 people. That's crazy, dude. I remember that. There's like, there's so many videos online of like, you just watch an asteroid just like fuck up Russia. Like, Jesus, bro. That's fucking terrifying. They developed this place, the scout thing. I think that they developed it at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Pretty sure that's in Pasadena. I just like to say Jet Propulsion Laboratory. You know, it's like a lit thing to say. All right. Well, is this kind of content? <laughs> a 14 minute pod on a Friday? I mean, look, usually I c- accumulate. Um, interesting stories or quotes or whatever all week. I have like six days to do it. And then at the end of six days, I record the fun Friday pod and I have a lot of material and I have like half of the week of material because it's Monday because I got to fucking record this early because I got to get the fuck out of here and go to Denver. So that's why this pod, hey, if I keep bullshitting about why the pod's short, it might actually make it to 15 minutes. (laughs) I mean, I don't really want to like tote my fucking podcast equipment to Denver, dude. It just seems like a pain in the ass. And then when I get there, I'm probably just going to like you know, do comedy and get high and like work and stuff and not want to fucking be trying to like set up podcast equipment. I just, just go, you know, if you podcast on a trip, dude, that's kind of a loser move. I mean, I guess if you're like a, you know, an actual podcaster or it's your career, then you definitely should do that on trips. But if you're not getting paid to podcast, you shouldn't be podcasting on trips. One time I was at LaGuardia airport and I saw this, these two dudes, they set up their pod equipment in the, I mean, it's kind of smart, actually. They were, they were doing an episode in the airport at LaGuardia. I mean, may as well get it done before you board the plane, you know? Do you guys, when you go on a, on a flight, do you guys buy, like, small uh, airplane liquor bottles? I like to have two for the flight out and then two for the flight back. And sometimes I'll only use one, but it's nice to have in your bag. And they're not gonna get, you're not going to get in trouble for it. Just hide it. Just don't let the flight attendant see that you brought in the liquor. They'll be fine, dude. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Black Hat, uh, Comedy Works Denver this weekend and uh, Black Hat LES. All the fucking, all the Johns of the Johns of the Johns, dude. Fucking sick, dude. Thanks for listening to my podcast. We'll have a regular interview next week with someone who's less compelling and funny as me. But, uh, you know, I don't want to just be talking. So I, I try to book as many losers as I can. <laughs> just kidding. Everybody's cooler than me. Dude. All right. Thanks for listening.